the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita. I write what I live, my life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. And I think that song is is perfect, a perfect intro of coming in hot. Um, as you guys know by now, I'm sure, um, there was a... Incident in Memphis police where an individual by the name of Tyree Nichols uh, succumbed and died in the hospital after an incident with police of, of the Scorpion unit. I believe is what it was called. I want to really quickly. I want to first and first. I want to. The first thing I want to say is there is no defending what these officers did. Yep. You heard me. There's no defense. I've 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 looked throughout a lot of my police pages that I'm um, that I'm a part of throughout my social media platforms, and I haven't seen one police um, defend what happened in Memphis. But really quickly, because the mainstream media won't do this, I took time out of my schedule to do this. I want to break down how this happened, why it happened. I think that's still up for debate, because. You know, you don't see, I don't think everything was released as it relates to this incident. And it's not. Um, I want to take a few moments to just break down. As you, If you're watching through the social media, you see I'm holding up the notes that I took from watching all four of those videos that were released by the Memphis Police Department. This incident, the first video, uh, I'm, I'm going to speak in military time because, you know, I'm a former police officer and that's how I speak. Uh, that's how every watch that I have, every phone that I have has my, has, I go by military time. The first, vi- um, the first video comes on at 20, 23 hours. You see a couple of units boxing in a vehicle. Now watch this. From 2023 to 2025, two minutes, that's all it took. Two minutes, you see a, a police officer step out immediately, and there was already cops up at the vehicle. Uh, with uh, with their guns drawn, telling them they were using a lot of profanity, and then you see the only I believe the only white officer that I saw step out with his he was the this, he was in the first video. So at twenty twenty five, first this individual they have him on the ground. I'm going to say this: there were too many commands given to this individual Tyree Nichols. The way I was trained in the police academy, 
One person barks out the commands. Everybody else makes sure they can get the the individual uh, to comply. But there were just too many commands. They were telling them to lay lay down, get down on the ground, lay on your stomach. I would have been confused because there was too many commands given to Tyree. At 225, he was first sprayed. Didn't phase him. Then he got tased, got up, ran away. He runs away at 2026. That's 826 if you are from as Rush Limbaugh used to say from Rio Lindo. Now, both officers had got hit with the pepper spray, right? At 2030, 2023, 2023, no, 2033, the white officer says, I hope they stump his, you know, arse. I won't say the word. At 2032, 8.32, there's a call out for foot pursuit, right? That's all from the first video. Then I watched the second video. This video was looks like one of those high crime area um, scenes where, where they put up a camera on the pole and the video is showing everything, right? So at 23, 20.33, there were four officers on the scene. There's no audio here. At 2034, one officer comes in and kicks him in the face twice. You see them punching him, kicking him in the face. From what I was taught and trained in the police academy, when you punch, kick anybody, uh, expect a lawsuit, expect to be fired. That's what I was trained. That's one of the things that my trainers would always say to us. Never kick somebody that's down. Do not punch people in the face unless unless you're fighting for your life. I'm just going by the training that I received when I was a police officer at the Police Training Institute. Shout out to uh, Lieutenant Schlosser, who's who runs the Police Training Institute, who's also retiring May 1st. He was a darn good instructor, and he runs the Police Training Institute down in University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. All right. At 2034, 55 seconds, a fourth officer comes in with an asp. It's not a baton. The cops, most cops don't carry batons or anymore. They carry what's called ASP, A-S-P. It's, um, you can, you can open it up. You can extend it out. Um, that officer, um, those strikes on him, I know it looked ugly, it looked nasty, but he was definitely going for body parts on that, with that officer. At 2035, it was a punch in the face again by, uh, multiple officers. I mean, haymakers, they were throwing Punches like trying to knock this guy out, and he still he took it all. At twenty thirty six, based upon the second video, there were there's a, a fifth officer who comes in and kicks him. At twenty thirty seven, they finally get him cuffed. At twenty thirty eight, one of the guys says, "I mean, he, one of the guy officers walks up to dra- and drags Tyree to the car to lean him against it." At twenty forty one, the medics finally arrive. On the third video. Um, I, initially I, I said to myself, I wanted to know where's the video of the two officers who actually started the foot pursuit. Um, at 2032, it starts over. It starts up with basically, uh, when, when the foot pursuit, uh, happens, um, two officers said they were fighting with and, and Tyree, them, they, they had punched them multiple times at 2033. Second officer OC sprays him. And that's when the officer comes in with the ass for the gang compliance. Then the fourth video starts. It starts at 2031. 831 video starts. At 832 or 2032, officer appears to tackle Tyree. This is the, the officers who fall, saw him and, and, and started the foot pursuit. He, he appears to tackle Tyree. and It looks like all three of the, uh, the two officers and the other one fell. 
Uh, the video goes dark. The camera goes dark at 2032 because it looks like the camera fell off. At 2038, you can still hear the officers talking. I don't understand. Where was the sergeant? Where's the leadership here? Where was the sergeant telling them to shut up? Don't stop talking while, they, while, while the cameras are going. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, at 2038, one cop says he is on something. And then you, you hear a second cop pipe up and he concurs with him that he's on something. At 2038, also, one officer said he was coming, he was going in and out of oncoming traffic. So apparently, this appeared to be a traffic stop. Where's that video? Where did, where, I mean, where's all that? Where's the, the dispatch? Did they call this in as a traffic stop? Um, at 2039, another one officer says he has to be high. He's on something. And then uh, another officer says, we lit him up, meaning they turned on the, the, the um, lights inside, lights for, the, for their vehicle. And he said he's he was coming oncoming going into oncoming traffic and coming in and out. At twenty thirty eight, the officer uh, picks up his camera. Twenty thirty eight fifty nine seconds. At twenty forty forty one, the officer tells him to sit up and assist him up. At twenty forty two, and I think this is where I personally think they're going to try to mount a defense. One of the officers says, at the I, I believe it was at the initial onset of the traffic stop, that he tried to grab my gun. He tried to grab my gun. I did not see that in any video. Uh, I'm still looking for, I'm sure, I, I want to know, everybody that had a, a, a camera, you, you want to talk about transparency, put everything out there. You know, as you know, I'm not a fan of, of, of allowing video to be seen and people, um, because I think it taints the jury. I do. I still think, with all, the, all, all that said, I still believe the cops have due process. I think the chief of police threw them under the bus right away. Uh, I don't know about, I know, I know Signor. Um, I, I don't think, I think this is, this was, this was, this was heinous. This was, this punching, kicking, um, that's not policing. That's not how I was trained. That's not how I was taught in the police academy. And uh, we have to do better as it pertains to policing. Because all eyes are on us. I and mean, you also see in the video, in the third video, where there's no audio, you see the cop. There's one cop stops and he starts looking around for a camera. And towards the end of the, that third video, you see they now notice that, that there's a camera up on the on the uh, on the pole, and they flash the light at the flash. They flash their flashlights at the the camera. We have to do better. Um, I'm going to say this: when they had him down at 2025, Tyree Nichols would still be alive. Had he put uh, allowed those cops to put his hand and put those handcuffs on him? There's no if, ands, or buts about that. He would still be alive. That doesn't take away from what these cops did. They should lose their jobs, and they should face whatever criminal charges that they have. Except I don't understand the aggravating kidnapping. Troublemaker, I know it took a lot of time there. When we come back, I'll give you your opportunity to speak. You listen to the black and right. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Allow me to reiterate what these cops did. They should suffer whatever is coming to them because this has really put a stain and a mark on policing as a whole. 
And it really upsets me. You guys know that how much I support our brothers and sisters in blue. But what happened with this, uh, this kid should still be alive. And, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, Troublemaker. This hurts. And I mean, it really hurts. You know, I'm, I'm struggling to find the words to uh, do commentary on this right now because um, you're going to have me sound like a member of the left. You know, I watch Van Jones talk about it, Picari, and I don't even like Picari, but I got to agree with both of those gentlemen. This man was treated less than human. These men, and I'm going to say men loosely, <laughs> were no more than a pack of animals a wolf pack out looking for a kill. And I'm going to say this. I've heard many different lawyers talk about this. With I, I watched it all. I didn't get no sleep. Mm-hmm. They said a skilled attorney could really make out first-degree murder because that's why I said a wolf pack looking for a kill because these were big, burly men beating on a scrawny little 29-year-old man. Yeah. They should have known that one of their blows and a hit with the, with the, with the asp and whatever else could have killed that man. That's why I say a skilled attorney could make that out. But they're going to go to jail forever. The FBI is on this. Uh, Christopher Ray, the Department of Justice. And they should. U.S. attorney. These officers, in air quotes, are done. And the, oh, reason, yeah. why, and the reason why this hurts me is because I was a victim of police brutality. You also, John. Yeah, yeah I was. Listen, yeah. this institute, th- this is the reason why I'm so hard on these institutions. I rarely go back in the past, but sometimes you have to to make a point for the present. But these institutions has to be tightened up. Yeah. And I'm going to say this one last thing, John, so you can get to, to so you can bring the guest on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a call out to the president of the United States. I know he's not listening, but I hope it's somebody that's listening. That can get you, know, his- you know, the left listens to the yeah, show. Yeah, so. Well, <laughs> I want somebody to get into his ear. And I want a federal standard of police conduct bill passed into law. So if these so so you can teach these police how to interact with the citizens and the public. And, and if they go and if they break that code of conduct, five years jail time. Yeah. And, and the, the thing about it, Memphis is known for the crisis intervention, crisis intervention training. They're really known for that. We, you could, we could talk to that about our next guest who. You know, I, I love him. I follow him. Uh, Eric Muldrow, um, he began his career, his law enforcement career serving in the U.S. Army as a combat med- medic. He um, was an officer at Westville Correctional Center. Um, uh, he was assigned to the Maximum Security Housing Unit uh, from 92 to 95. He was a, um, in December of 1996, he was hired by the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department as a corrections officer in the Clark County Detention Center. And in 2006, he attended um, Las Vegas's MPD's Police Office Academy, where he graduated with honors. Look at that. Let's listen to this. He's a he was a certified police instructor, crisis intervention team officer, trained to assist the mentally ill, defensive tactics instructor, active shooter response instructor, gang intelligence and gang response officer, terrorism liaison officer, firearm instructor. And in 2014, he retired um, after a 20 year career. And in 2018, he started. Well, this is how I found him. Uh, through Cold Red Conversations. You can follow him anywhere on social media, Cold Red Conversation. Eric Muldrow, welcome back to Black and Right. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for having me, brother. Uh, I saw that you did. You actually did a two-hour uh, analysis on, on, on this incident. 
Uh, you know, y- you heard Valon. I don't know if you heard my opening, how I broke it down, went by minute by pretty much minute by minute of this interaction. It started at 21, I believe, um, 2023, and it ended at 2100 hours. Um, Eric, talk to us. What, what, <laughs> what is it? What, 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 how, how hmm, let me see it this, let me do it this way. What does this do to the state of policing, this heinous attack on Tyree, Tyree Nichols? Unfortunately, what it does, it, it just reinforces what a lot of people who are already anti-police or negative on the police or at least question them at the, on the lowest level. It, it reinforces what a lot of people already assume or already believe, that the police are untrustworthy. And it, it, promo- it promotes the mindset for those are, who are more ex- extremely extremes on the left who want to defund or abolish the police. Yeah. It gets them in the mind frame that the institution in and of itself needs to be done away with and there needs to be a restart, so to speak. Yeah. You know, that's why you hear these people, um, you know, like your, what's the guy, Hawk or whatever, the BLM guy, I yeah. can't remember his last name. He's in New York talking about, you know, using violence and all this foolishness. You know, that's why we hear these terms of dismantling, you know, your Elon yeah. Omar's and, you know, all those other people, those radicals, you know, it, it just reinforces what they, what they, uh, believe to be true. And I want us to be careful while we are quick to, to attack these actions as the evil and the heinous acts that they were, and they should be vilified, and these officers should be uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, we need to also understand at the same time that we can't get carried away. We can't get carried away and assume that this is just the model. This is just what law enforcement is. That's garbage. Now, we all have seen the evils. Me, you, John, I know we've seen cops doing bad things. I know we've been on calls where cops got out of control, did things they had no business doing. Yeah. But And those incidents can stand out. But we also have to understand that those incidents are in the, in the minority. Yes. This, this does not define law enforcement as a whole. Amen. Does it happen? Absolutely. We understand, especially those of us who have a biblical worldview, we understand that mankind is flawed and tainted and, and, and sinful, uh, you know, and we have to, and we wrestle with that fact. But we also have to understand that there are rules and laws that are in place, and there's no such thing as a perfect law that will ever just stifle and completely stop evil. That's just not the way this world is built right now. And we have to understand that we can create structures and laws that limit and monitor police actions. But I heard your co-host say something, and I, and I, and I feel his pain. I feel his pain. I've been mistreated by the police. And, and I'll say this much real quick. I'll say that even if we haven't been mis- if a person hasn't been mistreated by the police, when you just see an, another image bearer of God being treated like garbage, yeah. being treated like, like crap, being treated like less than a dog, less than an animal, that should, that should strike a chord in every man's heart. Amen. Every human being's. Every human being should look at that and say that that was evil and that they hope we hope and pray that these cops pay. Yeah. But, but the the other side that I want to be careful with is when we say we're going to call out to Joe Biden and have this guy. Okay. Be the one OK. I, I, I'm, of- I'm sorry. I have to respond. I have to respond. OK. Please. Do. OK. Please OK. Do. I heard you say something about a law that's going to stop whatever the police is doing. There is no law that can I, I understand that. Yeah. I never said it will stop 
all evils that's happening. But we make laws to dictate behavior. I don't care if it's I to agree. the citizen or to police. Right now, there is no laws that's keeping these police from killing us in the street. And I don't like that's that. Absolute, that's absolutely not true. That's absolutely not true. There are laws from the federal system all the way down to local state policies in individual police departments. And I'll, and let me bring my tone down, man, because I'm not angry at you. I'm, I'm not angry at you. Wait, 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 let me finish, Ron. Yeah, let me. Yeah, let me, I'm not angry, but there are policies from the lowest level all the way up to federal mandates that dictate yep. and control and monitor what police officers do. Consent that's decrees. what Graham versus Connor. That's what Graham versus Connor yeah. does. That's what Tennessee versus versus Garner does. Yeah. That's what all of these statutes that dictate and monitor. And, and, man, and control what officers are allowed to do so that when they violate those policies, when they violate those laws, there are rules to come down on them, and that's why the feds can get involved. It's not happening. already have laws in place. It's right not now. happening. Nobody's using those laws. Now. The feds are getting involved in this right now. What are now, you talking about? It's not. Okay, all these laws you were talking about been been in place forever. And guess what? These police haven't been prosecuted until recently in the last past that's five that's to, not to true. 10 that's not years. True. That's not true. That's that definitely is not, not true. true. That is 100% not true. And you said earlier that you're concerned that you're going to be sounding like you're on the left. Yeah, yeah you actually are. <laughs> and here's the problem. This could be a good the show. problem with that is that you are making assumptions based on the limited media information that you're receiving. That's how true. many, how much, how many, how many cases have you actually, uh, how, how many times have you actually sat back and said, let me do some research yeah. hey, on Eric. how many police officers get get uh, convicted hey, of Hey, Eric, hold your thought. We got you for the rest of the hour. Um, thank you so much, and I appreciate that. You're listening to Black and Right. We're talking with Eric Muldrow. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker. He's causing trouble already. Before the break, we were talking with Eric Muldrow of Red Cold Conversations, Cold Red Conversations, and him and Valon were kind of mixing it up there. Um, uh, Eric, before you, before I, I allow you to speak, I'm going to, Valon has something that he wants to get off his chest. Go. Sure. All right, now I want to respond to you. All right, me and the producer was talking, to, and I got something to say after that. Can you that. stop saying sounding so angry? Okay. Can we have a conversation? Me and the producer was talking before the show. From the 60s all the way up through the 2000s, the police were not, sir, prosecuted for these abuses on the black community. I am sorry. Maybe 15 years ago, they started prosecuting police, like when the Somali guy for the Somali police officer in Minnesota and others. It hasn't been that long they've been prosecuted. Now, if you heard what John had to say earlier about when they had him on the ground, that they could have, you know, they could have took him into custody and he'll still be alive. Well, I got a different take on it. These officers said he was reckless driving, right? Okay, if he was reckless driving, in most states, that's just a ticket. So when you pull that guy over, did you hear those officers ask? No, for, that's an arrestable offense, actually. Uh, yeah, well, you can arrest him or whatever. But first off, did you hear those officers ask for his license, his registration, or insurance? That could have been defused real quick. The guy was calm. He he didn't look like he was high or drunk to me. He that he would he was saying all right. Even when they threw him to the ground, he was like all right, all right, all right. He was very tamed. He did not throw a punch. He did not fight. If they would have just wrote that man a ticket, he would be alive today. There's no excuse for this or, or with any police 
anywhere and you want to say I sound like the left, guess what? Bakari's right. Van Jones right. CNN is right. And guess what? MSNBC, the crazy network, is right on this issue. And that's what I got to say. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Okay, I don't know why you get all bent out of shape when it comes down to this whole uh, issue with Tyree Nichols. I'm in 100% agreement with that. That wasn't my problem. Right. If you watch my video, I mean, I'm sure you guys got, got your own show going on right now, but I just did a two-hour response, as John just referenced, where 90% of, 95% of what I'm saying is railing in on these cops for their actions. Heinous. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. Diabolical. Whatever adjective you want to use, I'm in, I'm in 100% agreement. My argument with you is when you said you wanted to bring, uh, you wanted to get Joe Biden on to, to push some kind of law, and you act as if now, okay, let's just say I, I don't have that that research in front of me right now. Of course, things have sh- have shifted. Our our whole culture has shifted over the as the decades proceed. We know I'm born and raised in New Jersey, right outside of New York. I mean, not I mean a, a rock throw away from New York. I know how corrupt the the, the police departments used to be. So ain't nobody arguing that case. I'm saying as time went on perpetually, laws were put in place to control and curtail police activities. Right. There was a time, there's research, you can look it up online right now. There's research that shows that there was a time when the NYPD had hundreds of shootings a year. Hundreds. I'm talking about 500 shootings somewhere in that neighborhood, some ridiculous number. The last time I checked, I think it was 2020, 2019, the NYPD had 26 shootings. Wow. State, a, 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 a state with 8 million people, 26 shootings. And why is that? Because of laws that came along to limit the actions of, a police, of police officers. Yeah. laws that came along. Hey, Eric, if, if things hadn't, yeah, I, I think one of the things that, that I, I heard Valon, what he said, but uh, a lot of that was missing. We don't know what transpired at the beginning of this. Nobody, there's no audio. There's no video on it. We we don't know. We, we simply don't know. So to, to say that they, that they just, you just saw, cause the first video, the cops piping them down, they got the guns out on them, but we don't know why they stopped them. We all yeah. we know is what the officer said that he was driving down the one, one one way. I think he was on something. I would love to see the toxicology report. What what was the toxicology report? And and Eric, also, what went wrong here? What, I mean, is this is this poor leadership? Where was the leadership? The I saw officer, no sergeant. You know what? I think it's poor leadership. I mean, that's always at the at the uh, you know the root of a lot of issues in law enforcement. But when it's also, but there was a culture that somewhere there was a culture that developed. It's like training day. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the Rampart Division at LAPD. There was a culture that developed where these officers were allowed to do what they want to do. And this is a point that I brought up on, on, on my show when I was addressing these issues. You're talking about Memphis, Tennessee, that has one of the highest crime rates in the nation. Yes. So these guys probably justify their actions in their own mind that, you know what, we're dealing with these thugs and these killers out here, man. We're trying to keep this, uh, this, this city clean. This yeah. is how they justify yeah. yep. probably to themselves, their violent actions. But let me so tell you, wait, 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 I'm, 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 not finished. I'm not finished. Go ahead. Go ahead. Eric. Yeah. As a result of that, when they're out there doing their dirt 
And then they're bringing people in. Their supervisors are probably like, yeah, they're doing a good job out there. They're trying to keep these streets clean. And they turn a blind eye yep. to them doing stuff like this. I agree. But then it gets, then it gets to the point to where someone, someone gets severely injured or ends up dying. Now they got to answer for it. Yeah. And Eric, I, I saw too much emotion from these cops. You know, you and I both know you got to take Way a depth. Much. You got to take a deep breath, step back. And, 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 and do your job professionally. If you don't, this is what this, this is the end result. If you're a police officer out there, stop with the emotions. Take a deep breath and do your freaking job. That's what I got to say about this. Uh, Eric, hold the line. Uh, when we come back, um, Jim, Kip, and Philip, hold the line. We'll bring you guys online. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Troublemaker. Before the break, we were talking to Eric Muldrow from Code Red Conversations. Uh, Valon, you wanted to respond yes, to some? Yes, I want to respond. And, and, and number, quickly, n- number Number one, this is what I saw from my research that you say I should have did for the little night that the videotape came out. I saw one officer walk up, get the F out of the car, two seconds. Two seconds, he drug him out of the car. The other officer talk, <laughs> called him the B word. We're going to whoop your ass. Hey. And we okay, well, okay. I hear Dan Prof and Sean say it all the time. Yeah, but not okay. I don't use all right, profanity. all right. Well, we gonna we, we going wait time out. I don't use profanity on these shows. So okay, we gonna whoop yo. You know what? Tasering them and 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 whooping them. I'd have ran too. Okay, this man was in fear of his life. This is the reason why black people have an inherent fear for their life. And I got a question for you because I heard earlier you say, well, you know, it's but it's, it's a few of them. I'm not just wanna, wait, wait, hold on, time out. Bring it down. Let's right. have a conversation. Okay. Let's not be angry. I'm, I'm, I'm about to I end like it. having conversations on I'm here. I'm about Go. to end it with this with this question. I heard you earlier say, "Well, it's not that many; it's a few." Well, how many one-offs does it take to add up for it to be a problem? I hear I hear all these other hosts adding up all the the crimes that happen in the street for it to be a problem. I can one-off you too. This carjacking isn't the same thing as this murder. Uh oh, this and this and this and this crime and this kidnapping and this child porn. I get one off too. So how many does it take for it to be a problem? Phil, Eric. Okay. Um, I, I don't even know why you keep bringing up this incident. I already made it very clear. I started off the conversation right. talking about how bad it is, and then I then when you brought it up, I, I responded again talking about how bad it is and what these dudes did. And you don't hear me. I want to make it abundantly clear. I'm not justifying anything for anybody who ain't listening, because clearly your co-host having, having a little trouble understanding what I'm saying on this topic. No, I hear what you're saying, okay, bro. Time out, time out. But, you're, to... but you're, no, if, if you were hearing what I'm saying, you wouldn't keep bringing that up. We right. don't have any time. Time out. Time out. Let's, let's go. No, man, let me finish. Oh, let me ahead. finish. I'm sitting back letting you talk. I'm not interrupting you. That's not my argument. I'm saying that what they did was bad. I'm not debating you on that. So can we like move? If we want to talk, we can talk about that incident, but don't make it look like I'm an advocate. I'm supporting these dudes because I'm not. Right. So I want that make that abundantly clear. Now, so when you're talking about one-offs and things like that, I, I never said that police aren't there. Are, that there aren't problems in the police community. All one, all somebody has to do, and I hate to have to keep referring back. To my to my YouTube channel, Covert Conversations. Please do. But I have Please well, do. but I have well over a hundred videos, and a lot of those videos are me coming down and talking about poor police tactics. Right. I was a right. police trainer for an, a long period of time, and one of my primary issues are when officers who uh, who uh, 
refuse to train, refuse to improve, refuse to get better. So then when situations get quote unquote tense, they feel justified to do whatever they want. So I wanted to be known that I'm just letting people know, the public know that, yes, there is an issue with some police officers. One is bad enough. Yeah. That's why yeah. I was a trainer. That's what part of the reason why I created Code Red Conversations to have these issues. One, to let the general public understand that the narrative that's being portrayed out there by a lot of people isn't true, and that, and that in a lot of situations there are nuances that make a use of force from a police officer justified or not. And the average citizen who has never had situational awareness training, deadly uh, uh, threat training threat perception training does may not understand that so that's the, those those are the perp, those are some of the purposes behind code rare conversations yeah. any yeah. abuse of power abuse of authority by a police officer is bad yeah. and it needs yeah. to be addressed so i want to make that very clear go ahead john all right let me let, let's go to the phone lines jim from chicago welcome back to black and right Oh, uh, hi, gentlemen. Hey, buddy. Am I on? Yeah, How's it going? Right? How are you? How's it going? How are you, how are you going, guys? All right. I just think it, sadism has been rife in our history since the beginning of time. Cain and Abel, uh, you go on and on and on. I mean, a sadist is a person who inflicts uh, pain on somebody for no particular reason. But it's happened in all our wars. It's happened in our police departments. It's happened with doctors. It's happened with every gender, every race, yeah. every ethnic group. And my, and we know that loving kindness is in short supply. But real quick, I wanted to talk about an experiment years ago. There was a guy that, uh, at a principal of school, he, he made six of the kids inmates and six of them guards. Well, he had he was supposed to go over the weekend. Well, by Saturday night, the late that night, he had a discontinuance because the guards becomes became sadistic. They started uh, picking on the people behind. I mean, they really thought that they were an authority. Yeah. My point is, uh, there's nothing worse than gaining authority if you got a sadist on your hands and now he's an authority over you. Mm. Then you're really disarmed. Anyway, thank you, Jim. Hey, 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 Jim. Hey, Jim yes. You notice I don't call you Cream Puff, right? I just call you Jim. <laughs> well, I call you. I call you. I call you Progressive Jim because I know you from over there. All right. Thanks so much yeah, for calling. That's all right, guys. That's all right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Now, now, Eric, I want to bring in a guy. You think Villan is is bad? This guy is even worse. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's no, he's really. He's, no, I, I'm kidding. And Phil and I, we we, we tease each other. It's like only that. a minute. I know. Phil's I know. Gonna, I know. I'm, oh. I'm just going to bring. I'm, I I got okay. this. All right. Um, Phil from Blue Island. We got about a, we got about 50 seconds left. I just I wanted to bring you in to prep you for Eric because I know you you, you what you wanted to say. This was a stain on the black community, police, and family. Um, I wanted you guys to, to, to just so that I can prep Eric because we we'll have a shorter segment when we come back. And um, I know Phil can be a little long-winded sometimes. He reminds me of a Baptist preacher, Eric. <laughs> am, I wrong, am I wrong, Phil? <laughs> well, I, I would probably say a more Pentecostal, but... Um... <laughs> that way, Phil, Phil, I just wanted to bring you on. We're, when we come back from the break, uh, we'll, we'll get right, in, right into it. Uh, I love Eric because Eric can withstand no matter what you guys throw out at him. And if you guys got to go out and, and subscribe to his Cold Red Conversations on YouTube, Facebook. And uh, are you on all social medias, right, Eric? Yeah, the main ones. YouTube, yeah. uh, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, right. uh, yeah. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM 560. The answer. Sub no. Stop. 
Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. We're going to get right to it. Uh, before the break, we were talking with uh, Eric Muldrow from Code Red Conversations. Uh, I brought Phil from Blue Island, who's a who's an avid listener to the program, calls in and um, provides a lot of insights. Some I agree with, a lot I don't. But um, <laughs> I, I really do respect Phil's uh, opinion. And um, Phil, Eric, Phil, what, what's your point? Well, it's, it's, you know, when you think of Freddie Gray, just for that example, and what the police did to him and how they pretty much walked, even though they weren't black, you know, it's this whole blue shield or blue wall, whatever you all call it. Um, Eric Garner was killed literally on video. No retribution or no uh, repercussions for the officers. George Floyd, we all saw that. Uh, it makes me think but of like movies up. like I talked to Who's locked up? George Floyd people. They're locked up. They're in jail. Okay. Well, I'm not going to stop there because okay, I don't want to debate ahead. that. <laughs> but you think of movies like Serpico with Al Pacino. And one of my favorite movies, is, but it's police, you know, corruption with uh, Brooklyn's Finest. I don't know if you all oh, are yeah, familiar yeah, with those. Yeah, yeah, but, but Very familiar. But, um, Eric, my brother Eric, you know, he, and, and you did the same thing, John. You came on and said, "There's no excuse." You know, you're 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 adamant about saying that there, there's there's no way to uh, you know uh, justify what what has happened. But then you come in in the second voice and you say um, how radical the left is for being out. You're saying how I radical say Verline is for being. I'm just, I'm just. This is what I'm hearing. Please. And so you you're going after Verline for being mad. And if you're not mad about this one. I don't okay. know what, what wait what wait I'm gonna stop going, you wait no. I, wait that time I, I am gonna stop you because Please guess correct what him, John. no because guess what I have a show to run I have a time that, that no matter what anybody wants to say I was wait, almost wait, done, time John, out. wait I, I don't want to hear it because said, I'm coming after okay, you I'm a, I'm gonna put you on timeout Phil just hold on um because I have a show to run you know you, there's a time limit so no I don't give I don't give a crap what anybody wants to say I have to run the show. You know, and and for you to to say what you just said, no one attacked Valon. Valon, did I attack you? No, you didn't attack me. You just stopped me from because you know. I have to. I know. Because I have a show to run. <laughs> you know, I I'm I'm not like my buddy Eric who who has a podcast. I'm sorry. Now, Phil, go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. Okay. Again, uh, Eric talked about radicals on the left. He talked about uh, another thing. He talked about was how he's and you and him have seen misconduct. And the evils that certain cops do. Now, if you're one of those uh, that weren't immediately involved in the beating or the the clubbing, whatever you want to call it, or the kicking or the holding down or the just just not helping. Phil, get to your point. We got a minute left. Go ahead. My point is, my my point is 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 again, how are you as ex cops? How can you legitimately have this conversation when, again, Eric said himself that he had seen misconduct? He didn't say that he stopped it. He didn't say that he intervened. I don't know if you could say that you intervened. Go ahead. Please let me jump in. Please. We were talking about one aspect of the conversation that we saw it. Just because I didn't vocalize or articulate what, uh, uh, what I did didn't mean that it didn't happen. And you only, it, like, I got less than a minute to respond. Yeah. Unfortunately, I got a 3 o'clock, another interview I'm doing at 3 o'clock, and I don't really have a whole lot of time to be, <laughs> go into detail. But do me a favor. 
Go to Code Red Conversations and watch my video where I talk about, uh, I give a presentation, a, a 40, an hour-long presentation where I talk about the first uh, excessive force incident that I saw and how I responded to that. Day one of the Academy. Thank you very much. If you want to question what I do and what I did and how I responded when I saw a certain situation without what only knowing me for 30, but right. for knowing me for 30 minutes. Right. Thank you very much. Hey, Eric, I'm going to post it up on my social media so people can, can view it as well. Eric Modro from Code Red Conversations. Thanks so much Thank for joining us on Black and Right. I really appreciate it. Um, there it is. Hour two coming up next. Thank you so much, Phil, for calling us in. We'll see you. Hour two. to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita, I write what I live, my life in the speaker, I'm nice with the flow. Welcome back, Hour 2, Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker himself. If you missed that first hour, it, was a little, it got a little contentious. Um, I think sometimes people don't understand that this is not a podcast. Um, I have time constraints on this show. Uh, but if you missed it, head over to 560TheAnswer.com. Download the, the the podcast and you won't you'll be able to hear it. Uh, I had my good friend Eric Modro from Cold Red Conversations. Um, he got beat up. Him and Valon were beating each other up, and Phil came on the line, tried to beat him up a bit. Uh, it was a, it was an enlightening conversation. But Valon, did I attack you? No, you did not. You just had to stop me because you were trying to give a good give and take. Yeah, you know. But the thing about it is, the man made about two or three points that I wanted to respond to, and I didn't have enough time to respond. Well, go a, ahead. He's a long. Well, well, he's let's, a, let's get our guests off right, the line, right? Because as I told you, we got two more hours of this, right? You know, we can still discuss it, you know. But right. I, 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 I like to respect when I bring guests on this show. I like to respect their time. He gave us a whole, almost a whole hour I know, uh, of his time. Yeah, so. he did. But some of your guests, they know how to talk, and then. All right, let me respond. You, he was kind of long-winded. Are, are you talking about being long-winded? <laughs> <laughs> the man that takes two minutes to get to his question. <laughs> I got to set it up, man. I know, I know. You know I'm just keezing. And, and guys, don't worry. Me and Valon were not fighting during the break. We were just having a discussion about resisting arrest. Right. That Valon still doesn't get. He said he, yo, that, that, never mind. <laughs> uh, let's, let's switch gears real quick. As you know, Valon, Ronald McDaniel won. A second term. I mean, a th- what third? Or is it a fourth term? Third or fourth term as RNC chair person, chairwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that happened. Um, but our next guest, Alex Plekish, who is in the Minnesota Republican Party, he was there. He's going to give us an update as to how did Rona McDaniel win? Uh, uh, Alex, was it the third or fourth term? This will be her fourth term. Fourth term. So I, I heard, I saw, I saw Charlie Kirk going off. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Charlie Kirk that animated as it relates to uh, uh, Republican politics. Uh, what happened? How did she win this? Well, uh, there's 168 members of the RNC. I am one of them. 
Um, for people that don't know, uh, the RNC is comprised of three people from each state, plus the territories. Uh, the chairman of the party for each state is on the RNC, and then each state also elects one committee man and one committee woman uh, that also goes and represents that state at the RNC. So those are the people that cast their votes as to who the chair is going to be. Uh, Ronna McDaniel was pretty well known, of course, among those people. I actually got to know her pretty well over the last year. Uh, I've been on the RNC now for a year. Last January was my first meeting. Um, but I also got to know Harmeet Dillon over yeah. the course of that year, and much more so in the last few weeks as she was uh, running for the chair race itself. And uh, being from Minnesota, I also got to know a little bit uh, Mike Lindell, who also threw his hat in the ring. Uh, he is not an RNC member, but he's the CEO of, of uh, the My Pillow, which many of your listeners might oh, know yeah. about. And um, and so uh, Rana has been. Uh, let me just say right out of the box, I voted for Harmeet Dillon. Okay, I'm, I was not one of the majority that voted for Rana, uh, but I will also tell you this: that I, I like Rana a lot, yeah. uh, and I think she has been criticized for things that uh, were unwarranted and really unfair and really out of out of I think the the population's anger and concern about the the elections. And you know, when you're at the top of an organization, you know, be it a political organization or a sports team or a company, uh, the person at the top is going to take the slings and arrows of whatever's going on. And, and of course, that's Rana. Uh, but there are a lot of things that I've heard uh, criticized about her that really were out of her control, um, things that uh, people expected the RNC to be able to do that they actually cannot do legally. Uh, there are only certain things that the RNC can do, and there are certain things the RNC cannot do uh, by law uh, and by constitution. And, and a lot of stuff I've heard is really unfair. Yeah. Well, no. So to the members, to the members of the RNC that that knew her, um, I think for the most part, people knew that she actually ran a good organization. Uh, she did many things that helped the Republican cause around the country. Uh, frankly, I think the the election could have been far worse than it was. Um, had it not been for some of the things that she and the RNC had done. Now, all that said, I said I voted for Harmeet. Uh, she's an incredibly bright, smart woman, uh, a little bit different style, a little bit different direction. I think if she had won, uh, the RNC would have been in great hands. So I, I have, you know, like I said, I was on the losing side of that. Yeah. But how did she, how did Ronna win? She won because, you know, the majority of people that have gotten to know her or over the years uh, have seen that she's actually done a pretty good job. Yeah. And she fundraising particularly. Yeah, she she made a convincing argument to those people that were in the know uh, that have access to a lot more information than most people do uh, that that she would be good at running the organization. So that's kind of how it happened. Well, you say that you uh, voted against her. So the person that you were voting for, what changes did you think needed to be made or what, what agenda did that person that you were going that you voted for have? Well, I think Harmeet's probably known for her efforts at election integrity. Uh, she was sort of at the forefront um, of people uh, in the RNC or even across the country in the Republican Party that saw that even though we as Republicans and as conservatives don't like much of what has passed for uh, election interfering, if you will, uh, things like early voting and ballot harvesting and that sort of thing. Uh, that's not what we as conservatives believe is the right thing to
to do, but it is legal. Uh, it is out there. Many states are doing it. And uh, the Democrats basically did what we didn't do, and they took advantage of that. Uh, that's something that we probably should have done. That's probably something we will do going forward. And Harmeet was kind of at the forefront of saying, listen, guys, we may not like it. We may have to hold our noses at it, but this is something we got to do. You know, we got to be on top of it. Uh, and she's been saying that for some time. Yeah. I like that about her. Uh, she's very hard-nosed. Uh, she's a, uh, she owns a, or she's the head of a law firm that she founded out in California. I love her. Uh, yeah, and uh, and you know she's really tenacious, uh, yeah. just a tenacious lady. Uh, I think the RNC would have done very well with her at the head, uh, and you know, and I got to know her very well over the course of the past few weeks, particularly, and I really like what she had to say. I, I like to, that tenaciousness, uh, and you hardly get any smarter than she is. So that's why I supported her. So when you say why did I vote against Ron, I didn't vote really so much vote against Ron. I voted for Harmeet. There's a bit of a difference there. The other thing is too, is uh, unlike like my uh, some many of my colleagues um, before the vote I actually reached out to literally hundreds and hundreds of people hundreds uh, I sent out an outreach to the people that I was responsible to uh, those that elected me in this state the the what's called the State Central Committee uh, that is comprised of delegates and alternates from all around the state. Uh, they number in the hundreds. Uh, there's about 350 roughly delegates and then alternates if they don't get seated. Uh, I reached to all, out to all of them. Wow. And I asked them ahead of time. I said, what are your thoughts? I didn't indicate one way or the other. I just I wanted to hear what they had to say. And I paid particular attention to those people who took the time to respond and craft uh, detailed personal responses. You know, why this? You know, why this person? Why not that person? I paid attention to that. I read every single one of them. And to the best of my ability, I answered every single one of them, whether it was an email or a text or a social media post or even a phone call. Um, it was approaching a thousand people that I'd interacted with. And the overwhelming majority of those people, the overwhelming majority, wanted Harmeet Dillon to be in yep. place. Yep. And I, I, I hey, cannot Alex, ignore I, it. I got a question for you, though. Uh, we got yeah. about we got about a minute left. Um, okay. Do you th do you believe they heard the message from the grassroots? Because there's a huge fight between the grassroots and the establishment happening here. I'm sure it's happening in Minnesota. Have do you think they heard? And 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 what makes you think they heard it? Well, I I really can't talk for all of them because I can uh, mostly respond to myself. Uh, I certainly have heard. Uh, I know other people have heard. Um, and in defense of some people, I know that some folks, some RNC members, did hear the grassroots. They knew that the the uh, uh, the rank and file out there, whether they were delegates or just people that are voters that have been lifelong Republicans, uh, by and large, were supporting change. Uh, whether that meant anybody but Rana or whether it meant any particular candidate, they heard that, but out of their own conviction, right. based on what they felt they knew. They voted the way they voted because they thought it was the best thing for the party. So yeah. you got to give them. You got to give them that. It's not like they were unheard. It's just that they yeah, thought Alex, they voted for the right. Alex, yep. thanks so much for joining us on Black and Bright. We got to go, but I really appreciate you giving us an update. What happened in um, the RNC meeting? You listen to Black no and Bright. Yep. Yes, sir. We'll be right back. And now more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Just a moment. 
just switch your attitude. Go ahead and level up yourself. Welcome back that to Black and White Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Troublemaker. And now joining us is the prosecutor, Dennis Rebelletti. Welcome back, brother. Ron, so glad to be back. I'm glad I missed that first hour. I'm so. sure you did, because Vlad was, was super emotional, man. John, I just got one last <laughs> thing ahead, to say, because ahead. I didn't have enough time to yeah, say it to you I, to I told you I'd give it to you. I know. He had a problem with me reaching out to our president about creating a code of conduct law as far as the police. Well, let me tell you something. All laws are made to dictate our behavior. I don't care what law you name. It dictates behavior. I know criminals don't follow law, but I would hope to believe that the police that have something to lose, like their wife and their kids, they wouldn't want another man sleeping with their wife while they're in jail for 25 years. I would hope that they would think about that before they do what they just did to this young man. That's why I would like for my president to... He's your president now? He's all of our president. Until he's out of there, he's our president. You You can say that's not my president... Like they used to do Obama all you want, but Obama was still president. Oh, same with Trump. Same Trump's thing. My Sa- same thing with Donald Trump. He was my president. I, I respect the office of the presidency. I don't respect Joe Biden. I didn't say nothing about respect. I just <laughs> wanted to make a law to dictate the, the, the conduct of these police. Talk I, about that law. I, I was just trying to find out what happened to Tim Scott's law yeah. about police reform. What happened with Afrolon? Didn't Senator Scott from South Carolina, he introduced some police reforms yes. in Congress and the Senate. Where'd it go? The Democrats didn't think it reached far enough. They That's why they it. didn't. That's why they, you know, they didn't want it. They right. So they it. wanted something perfect. Yeah. And they didn't want a black U.S. Republic. senator Come on. from South Carolina. Oh, do that. No, that is true. Don't do that. Why did you say that? Why would they don't, block it? Then? Don't do that. It, it, so no. So nothing moving forward from from Senator Scott. It wasn't enough. So so no reform is better than any reform. The Democrat I'm, Party. I don't want to hear that, Verlock. I'm going to tell you what uh-oh. I have to hear about uh-oh. assault okay. weapons. All right. If this law saves one wa- life, then it's worth passing, right? Because mm-hmm. you hear that. Well, if that reform would have saved one life, why couldn't they have passed it? Why, the president doesn't need to do anything. Can I be required to respond or you going to filibuster? The I Democrat, will filibuster. The Democrat Party has more black members in their party than the Republican Party. So don't use one black senator. They didn't want uh, him okay. to pass a I bill. I can speak to this. It's black senators no, and congressmen that went against what he, what he wanted. Vilan, you know why? Because they did not want the credit to go to a black Republican. This is this is the this has been the fight between black Republicans and black Democrats since forever. And remember, we were here first. Black you, you Republicans. Know, I, I wanna be fair. I wanna be fair. Kip was holding on the whole first hour. No, He's no, back. I, wait, I, I, wait, hold on. We're uh, okay, we, we having right. a good conversation. All right, Kip, okay. Kip, love, I, Kip knows I'll, I'll, I'll get to him. But you, Volant, to this, let's have a law to govern police. You didn't hear what Eric Muldrow was saying. These Supreme Court decisions are the things that govern policing. You know, do you know what 1983 is? The color of law and all that? Huh? Explain it. The qu- whole qualified immunity and all that? These are things that do govern policing. They govern how police are, are to act. Not well now, enough. Now, but, 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 Vlad, Vlad, if you think policing, I, I've yet to hear you say anything about CPS and all of the, and how they grooming all these Come kids. Come on, man. Don't no, do that. You no, know I talk I'm, about that. I didn't hear you, though, is what I'm saying. And we didn't bring it up today, but I talk about it all the time. But, Will you let me host the show? That was a whole hour was dedicated to that. Well, that's it. No, they didn't. That wasn't out there. Yes, that it just was. came out. When did you host the show? 
at the uh, on the third December the third, and you let no, no, me no, no, and you that, let that, me have the book. No, that wasn't. No, no, no. I'm talking. You didn't hear about this CPS um, investigation that found they they referred sixteen criminal cases to um, was that Kim Fox? Would that who that be? Kim Fox. They they referred that that they were grooming. There was some of the conversations they were having with these kids. You you haven't heard about that? that? Who was having that? Teachers. Oh, listen. Hold and on. Administrators. Hold on. Dan and Amy reported a year ago about I think it was like four hundred and fifty some odd uh, 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 CPS, whether it was janitors, teachers, or whatever, was having sex with uh, with, with those fourteen, fifteen year old kids. Oh, that's been reported on. No, but not like this. Not to this nature. I, I still want to go back to my point, which yeah. was. Substantial congressional laws were written and prepared to be debated. Yeah. And it was stopped by the Democrat Party who claims that they're all about reform. They're all about changing policing. And then because the, the it was the sponsor's problem, it was it, and somebody else had some other had, um, I don't know, one of the. Uh, uh, Democrat senators, maybe if somebody from, I don't know, Dianne Feinstein had maybe written it, would that have been better? Would it have gone far enough? I've had legislation dealing with these issues be taken by the Democratic Party because you don't want the Republicans to get credit. I like Tim Same Scott. Same happened to me. Listen, I like Tim Scott, but I'm not going to let you all hijack this conversation and play the race card just because he's a I black I didn't play Republican. any race card. I'm just telling you that he happened to be a black senator. Uh, he was yeah. a U.S. senator who brought up reform as a Republican, and it was no way in God's green earth were they going to let him move that what, legislation? One of you said was they didn't want a black Republican. They That's true. They it's true. I That's said it. No. They did not no. want a black Republican to move it. You Vlad? cannot do that. Vlad. They just felt like it didn't go far enough. They okay. didn't like okay. it. Okay. Do you know what was in the bill? Explain. To okay. Me. Here it is. Um, Tim Scott balancing the scale of justice. This is what he put in there, right? <clears throat> the justice. It was, he called it the Justice Act. It strengthens the training methods and tactics throughout law enforcement jurisdictions, especially regarding de-escalation of force and the duty to intervene, providing law enforcement with new funding to do so, and will also end the practice of utilizing chokeholds. Additionally, the bill will, will reform hiring practices by providing more resources to ensure the makeup of police departments more closely matches the community they serve. The Justice Act also ensures when a candidate is interviewed, interview, the department looking to hire will have access to their prior disciplinary records too often after a tragic event we have learned the offending officer had a disciplinary pass in another jurisdiction of which their current employers was unaware. We actually did that in Illinois, uh, and I voted for it, and I helped push it. Accountability. Studies show that when body cameras are properly used, violent encounters decrease significantly. The Justice Act will put more body cameras on the street, which, if there's no body cameras for this incident in, in Memphis, you, you got you, it's, it's his word versus the, the Tyrese word versus the police word, right? The um, Justice Act also requires a report establishing best practices for the hiring, firing, suspension, and discipline of law enforcement officers. Transparency, transparency. Currently, only about forty percent of police officers from jurisdictions nationwide. Man, it's dry in here. Nationwide report to the FBI after an incident where an officer has discharged his or her weapon or used force. The bill will require full reporting. In these two areas, there's also very little data as to when, where, and why no-knock warrants are used, and the Justice Act will require reporting in this area as well. Additional steps. 
The Justice Act will finally make federal lynching a federal crime. It also creates two commissions to study and offer solutions to a broader range of challenges facing black men and boys in the criminal justice system as a whole. While Senate Democrats have so far blocked. There it is. Okay. While, wait, hold on. While Senate Democrats have so far blocked any effort to reforms to pass reforms in the Senate, I will continue fighting. Okay. If I may. Okay, go ahead. Cory Booker from New Jersey was working with the senator, yep. and then he said it didn't go far enough. I, I, that's a pretty long laundry list of substantial police reform at a federal level affecting every police officer across the nation. And it doesn't go far enough, so you know what? Let's not do anything. I don't have the benefit of having everything on my computer screen in front of me like you, but I remember three things of what you said. Number one, you said uh, one of the things you said was training. Guess what? Training happens all the time. It doesn't work. Uh, you said something about chokeholds. Well, they already outlawed that in New not York. Not everywhere. Well, in New... I, I didn't say everywhere. I said in New York, they already outlawed Illinois. it. And, and, and guess what? Eric Garner still got choked to death. And oh, um, uh, you said something about every time you discharge your gun, you have, uh, you have to be checked out by the FBI and do a report. Illinois already has that. And black men still get knocked off here in Illinois. So I don't think any of those wait, 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 wait. reforms was anything. But Mr. Prosecutor, when's the last time there was an officer involved shooting where an, an individual black that died and got shot and died? Black? You, keep, you said they knocking them off in Illinois? Yeah, they knocking them off here in Illinois. Oh, my God. Oh, Villain. The prosecutor. I'm trying to figure out where he's getting that information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he pulled it out of his, you know what? what? You just said this something. Year, I you, want you to back it up. This year just started. Oh, this year okay. just started. Yeah, and there have been 40 mass shootings in what? I, hey, we ain't talking about yeah. crime. Every yeah. race commits crime. Oh, Valon. You, you are lurching. You know that, right? Further and further. <laughs> I love you, Valon. <laughs> Guys, please. Valon and I are two adults. Please. I, I see some of the comments. We do not fight and argue. This is a radio show where we express our opinions, and that's it. And we go and break bread after. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. Oh, there he is. The man with the golden voice. Welcome back to Black and Red Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the prosecutor. Mr. Prosecutor, you wanted to make a point before the break. You heard, I know you heard the sound come on and you, you said you deferred. So well, what was the point you wanted to make? You know, before I came into the studio, uh, I was looking at Memphis uh, TV stations and I was looking at a recent murder that happened today, a barber, a local barber who made house calls, got shot the other day, and the list goes on and on and on. I want to know where the outrage is across the country for every life that is lost to murder, not gun violence. It's yeah. called murder. Nobody is marching for those lives. I understand this is high profile because it's a police yeah. officer taking right. or a number of Doesn't police officers agenda. taking rights. But why is it okay in Chicago or Memphis or any other town, for that matter, when there is a murder? Why isn't anybody standing up saying this is enough and then find out who the culprits are and work on legislation that could stop that? But yeah. nobody has the has the gumption to do that because they have their own little silos that they're concerned about. Right. Because when I hear about if we only pass this law, it could save one life. Well, if Tim Scott could have passed that law, maybe it would have saved one life, right? 
what if we kept people in prison longer for maybe just in jail, John? Right. In jail, at, at, on bond after gun crimes, not let everybody out right away. We already see you could have saved lives. Correct. Don't, we don't pass anything with respect to that. I get the profile here. It's a tragedy. It's horrific it what those officers did. And I get that they did under color of law, which makes it a thousand times worse. Yep. But each one of these people's lives mattered, and people should have had enough of murder happening in our major communities and step up and say, we need more from our legislators, our mayors, our governors, because the number one job of elected officials is public safety. Yeah. Well, I think you're wrong as far as people... (laughs) You know, I'm I think no, wrong. no. I think you're wrong about people not caring about what's happening in the black community. They live there, they care. But you have to remember one thing: you have some vicious people out there, and people are scared of retaliation. That's that's number one. You don't have a. It's hard for you to. I mean, it's easy for you to tell somebody go out there on that corner with those ten drug dealers and tell them, man, you got to get up off my corner. It's easy for you to say that. It's easy for you to tell that father of two with a wife to go out there and risk his life and die. Now, if it's, if they get a, a block club thing together and a, and a, and a mass of men with guns, yeah, they can move them, but it's hard to tell an individual you got to spill some blood and lose your life to clean up this neighborhood. It's hard. We had that back in the day with a group that you all shame and vilify, which is the black Panthers. They got black men together. Matter of fact, Wait, who vilified? Them? Hold on. Do I need to say names on the radio? I don't want to say oh, names. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, thank you. But my father, uncles, and told me back in the day, they was the only ones that put Jeff Ford in check, Willie Lord. Well, nah, and, that, no. And man, the no. Black Panthers put the gangs in check. No. Yes, they did. Put them in check. Brought them together. Brought peace to the neighborhood. When the police broke up the Black Panthers. That's when it went wild. Now, it was wild before the Black Panthers checked, put everybody in check, but it went wild after they broke them up. And that's fact. If you talk to any black man that's 72 to 75 or maybe even down to 65, they'll tell you that's the truth. <laughs> what are we going to do about it today? Right. See, going back, Vlad. What are we going to do about it today? Well, I, I, the, feel hey, I got to connect the dots. I got to tell you what happened so you'll know why we're in the I, situation we're in now. I, I know why we're in the situation because gang members run around and shoot at one another and innocent people are caught in the yeah. crossfire. And most of these people that are victims end up not being the intentional target. They are right. collateral damage. All That's, the shootings on the expressways and babies being shot and the second floor sleeping in the crib. Where's all that? Where's that outrage? Why does anybody will lock up the gangbangers? Why? Because then I have to hear about it because then if you want to do that, that's racist too. Spinning spin on, on, on Rumble said it was it just made my point. They're not tired yet, Vilan. They're not. They're simply not. You know why they're not tired? Because they keep electing these same people to go down and represent them in these areas. You and I, I, I listened to the, the audio um on TikTok that I put up on TikTok when you and I went down the list of all the elected officials in the state of Illinois. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That video went viral. Wow. Because because we were able to show how they're electing the same mentality type. And now they've got they've gone they've gone so far left. Springfield, you know, it's so far left now. But we talked about this, John. That's what I'm saying. They're not tired because they keep electing the same people to govern them. Fifty percent of what goes on in this country is political, 
The other 50% is social. Black people are more social than political. But 100% now is the culture, which, which the hammer, politics have become the hammer for the culture. You, you want to get anything through? You want to get anything through? Because these politicians are now using the culture. Look at, look, at how they, look at how they're pitting us against each other. Look at how they hyped up this video. Man, I really thought I was going to see the next Rodney King video. I really did. Now, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was bad. But I thought I was going to see ass getting people getting knocked upside the head with the ass. Let me put a P on that, not, not an S. But I didn't see that. They now the beating, the kicking, the that was bad. But these they're not tired yet. Three hundred people shot and killed in Memphis last year. Six thousand people in Illinois in the last what 10, 15 years killed. People are not tired yet. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. We're going to go straight to the phone line. Let's go with Kit Kip from Stillman Valley. Kip, welcome back to Black and Right. Thanks for holding. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Anyway, I woke up from my nap, but I've been listening. Yeah. Now, now, listen. It, it's a shame that an ex-police officer or even one that's still in, uh, a police officer has to explain what was seen. But what more am I more mad at is the gaslighting that was done before the footage came out. Yeah. And not only that, it's already pre-done on, on, on a very horrific thing that was shown. We don't really know exactly what's going on. And to say that that this is a systemic thing and that it happens all the time like they're proclaiming, is a lie. Mm. But let, let us not forget, there is a Mr. 10%, the, 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 the old man in diapers, is a foreign freaking operative that's the commander-in-chief. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and all the attention with, with the, let's hide the hammer and everything that, that, that's been happening our focus is away from things that are going on in our so, country, so, so Kip, which is Kip, Kip, much Kip, worse. Kip, are you saying that this is a, what's happening in Memphis is a distraction? Well, They're using it as a distraction? Well, what terrible, but what, yeah. what, what, what's taken off of what people should be thinking about is we got someone in office that I'm our country is going down Kip. hill. Kip, I love, Thanks so Kip, much for I love you, Kip. but I can't take it no more. You... Listen, everything's not political. I am so sick of people trying to spin it to the president. The president's not behind this. The Democrat's no, no. not behind no, this. No, no, that's not what he's saying. That's I understand not what he's saying. He talking about, he sounds like that guy Wood, Wood, uh, Woodlock on Twitter Woodlock. and on, on, on uh, Tucker Carlson talking about the greater problem is Ukraine. Yeah. You're a joke. But that's you not, are wait, a wait, joke. Ho- hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, hold on. This is a social hey, issue. Wait, time out. He still listens to the show, so... Uh, I think what he was saying was the media's behind the distraction, not so much Joe Biden. I think that's what he was trying to I, articulate. I don't care. You, but, people, no, no, but, but that's a fair point. People can walk 
and chew gum at the same time. You can know what you know about the president and his 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 his, his, his emails and documents and whatever else, and you can concentrate on this young man that lost his life. Yeah. Because of these animals, these wild dogs. You can chew gum and, and walk at the same time. Please stop it. Oh, Vilan. Mitchell from Displays. Hey, um, a little quick departure uh, from this interesting topic. I want to follow up a few points that I had a few weeks ago. <clears throat> I think the guy with the, the, the prosecuting lawyer, I think, is on the line. And Berlin, you weren't there that day. I just want to follow up on the assault ban in Illinois. And my point was back then, a few weeks ago, with this guest, the guy that's on the phone, was that Highland Park was nothing more than a Trojan horse. That was their, that was their um, motivation to get a pass through. Okay? And, John, look, I really take a lot of respect when I talk to you about the Perkin test and uh-huh. then how this guy couldn't pass it and the fact that you have direct tacit knowledge about what that means. I love that, okay? But this doesn't make any sense except for one thing, their objective, the agenda. Highland Park, for decades, have had the most strict policy on assault battling. That's fact. And by the way, Pritzker, that fat slob, okay, doesn't go into... Okay, Berlon, this is all about you, Daddy-O, okay? <laughs> all right, Berlon, this is... You notice fat slob doesn't go to... Our fat Albert doesn't go on the south side or the west side with all these shootings, Right. Doesn't doesn't represent all these what I call uh, black lives matter. Give me a break, Daddy-O. Here's what I'm saying. Getting back to the assault thing, the, the, the judge who somehow was smart enough and intelligent enough to kind of delay it was 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 is a patriot. Yeah. And it's not the law-abiding NRI guys that are you know NRI people that own guns. You got to protect yourself. And here's the thing in Illinois. That, that that wall is getting worse and worse in terms of the protection. I live right next to the state police, daddy next to them, right? We have conversations all the time. You know what they tell me? What's, Get a gun. Okay? okay? Do you hear what I'm saying here, daddy Hey, Mitchell, thank you so much for calling, Mitchell. There's not enough guns on the street for me. I definitely agree with that. Let's go with uh, Nick hey. from the northwest side. Oh, you want to? Oh, I, 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 I don't know why Mitchell on, yeah, has, has an issue with me because... I'm well aware that this, this assault weapons ban has been around forever. Yeah. And, and of course, legislators always are slow to react, but they will definitely, as Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And they, they took full advantage of it. Yeah. I, I didn't say I was for it, but the judge also only entered the restraining order for those 680 people. people. Why didn't the judge say, you know what? I'm going to do this statewide until the right. appellate court or Supreme Court can figure this out. Right. So just like with Darren Bailey, when he sued the governor, that's what makes things more confusing. And I want to talk about that censure with Sheriff Mendrick later. Okay. John, John, oh, yeah, no, 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 Nick from the Northwest side, we got about 30 seconds. Go. Okay. I want to just say that I'm a white guy. I'm conservative. I've been uh, on as an adult around for 50 years and, uh, I like Verlon, by the way. Verlon, when you were a caller, you're sincere. It came across that way and this way, too. Just have a little meeting with the people so, you know, you can find a little smoother way of doing things. And otherwise, I'm glad you're there. And I agree with the black community that there are serious problems still. Regardless of if police are black or white, there's still serious problems with policing. Yeah. we got to somehow work this out. Okay, right. thank you. Thank you, Nick, for the request side. Uh, Mark and Jim, hold the line. We'll take your call when we get back. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Hey, 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 hey
Black and right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and the prosecutor. Go ahead, Philon, real quick. All right, I got, I got something to say to uh, Kip and a few others out there. Really quickly. That wonder why black people have a problem with the, the police more so than politics. Well, officer friendly is very friendly in the white area. You don't have to deal with this that often, if any. But in the black area, officer friendly ain't so friendly. And they touch me personally with every time them blue lights flash in back of me. They can touch me. They can affect me. They can kill me. Not Joe Biden, not the FBI, and not any and no Democrat or Republican in Congress. Okay, that's why politics doesn't matter to black people the way it ma- uh, the way it matters to white people. The police does. Yeah. All right, Jim from South Elgin, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, also guys, a sponsor of this show. Thank you. Energetic show tonight, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, today I should say it looks like tonight still dark outside. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, a lot of other topics too. I I I still feel very bad about the Memphis thing and. I think there's something more to that than just what we saw. I think there must have been some personal involvement somehow involved. I don't know. But we'll let it find. We'll see what the facts show. But also another couple of topics are important is the, uh, the green energy movement. Lately, uh, the government said, oh, stoves are bad because 12% of uh, asthma cases are caused by natural gas. These people are getting an F in chemistry. Because when you burn that, uh, methane gas with oxygen, you produce heat, and the byproduct is water, H2O, nothing else. You know, but there's all this junk science, and you see, you're seeing some of these uh, places like in New York and California that want to ban natural gas hookups to new construction. It's absolutely stupid. Wow, and, you, and that, uh, that's one of the reasons why you wanted one of your friends to call in today, right? Who's calling in the third hour? He does a good job. Yeah. All right, Thanks, guys. What, wait, what's it, what's your friend's name again? Oh, Frank Lessie. Okay, Lessie. He's yeah, a former state senator from uh, from Wisconsin. All right. Thanks so much for calling in. Look forward to so talking to him. All right, let's go to the man on the street. Mark, welcome, man on the street. Welcome to Black and Right. Hey, it's Mark Waterbiller, man on the street, coming in hot, daddy-o. <laughs> I got four daddy-os he got in there. So yeah, I'm gonna, he did. I'm going to try and come up with something of my own there. So, But uh, you can follow me at Illinois Review. I'm writing a, uh, if you want to see what's going on in Chicago politics, follow Illinois Review. Uh, I like what the prosecutor said earlier. After I hang up, tell me again who the prosecutor's name is because you keep calling him the prosecutor and I just tuned in. But real quick on the numbers, we had 723 homicides in Chicago last year. Where's that outrage? 845 two years ago, and 80 of those two years ago were Chicago public school students killed in Chicago. We have to keep our eye on the ball and talk about this. And, uh, uh, John, you mentioned it earlier, and hey, Jackass reported Yeah, I saw that. You posted that on Twitter. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, Mark, 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 wait, Mark, Mark, listen, hold on. Go ahead. You posted that on Twitter. I saw that from HeyJackass.com. What, what was that statistic again? It was 6,500 total homicides in the last 10 years in Chicago. 6,500 people murdered in the last 10 years in Chicago. And this is under Lori Lightfoot and Rahm Emanuel. Where is the outrage? Right. Where is uh, uh, Berlin? I'm mad. I'm mad. So let me hang up and I want to hear what you Mark, before you hang up. I'm going to tell you what Sean Thompson told Quickly. one of his callers. You're becoming a one-trick pony with those numbers. <laughs> this is facts, though. Yeah, but it's still a one-trick pony. What's up? What else is going on? <laughs> hey, I want you guys to join me at CPAC March 1st and come out to D.C. As long as you pay for and it. we'll see what we can talk. To. 
Yeah, we'll figure out a way. We can do the show. Actually, what I was thinking, Mark, you could come out, and Verlon can stay in the studio, and you can call in and record the show from there. We'll, we'll find you a Motel uh, 6 or something. Fine. Thanks so much, Mark. <laughs> there it is, Verlon. Uh-huh. He called him a one-trick pony. Yeah, he, uh, uh, it's one. I, he calls us, too. Craig. Craig, Craig. from Mount Greenwood. Yeah. He called him a one-trick pony. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, hour two in the books, guys. Uh, this has been an interesting show. Uh, Valon has lost his cool love. Uh, this is the most I think I've ever seen you lose your cool though. I don't like death, man. I told you that. Yeah, I, I, I you don't like life. Like, yes. All right, you listening to Black and Right Hour Three coming up next. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Yeah, coming in hot, just like the fajita, I write what I live, my life in the speaker, I'm nice with the flow. Welcome back, just hour three of Black and White Radio on a AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker, Verlon Galloway, and the prosecutor, former state representative, Dennis Rebelletti from the great state of Lincoln. Also, Elmhurst, right? That's right, huh. Addison Township Supervisor. Addison Township. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, you're currently the Addison Township Supervisor. Just ran for Senate in the Illinois General Assembly. Uh, good Lord, they need you down there. That's what I was told, John. But you know what? I, I just couldn't raise the money. So yeah. We raised $350,000, and we were outspent uh, 15 to 1. Yeah, well, our next guest definitely understands that. Uh, he's the former state senator in the 1st District of Wisconsin, uh, former Senator Frank Lassie. Welcome to Black and Right. Also a friend of uh, my good buddy, Jimmy Conomos. Frank, are you there? Well, thank you. Hey. Yes, I am. Happy to be here. Thank Thanks you so much. Invite. Yeah, I, I I saw how, you know, the the, the Wisconsin Education uh, Council came against you really hard and wanted to, wanted to make sure that you were no longer in there because you, you're somebody who held the tax, you, you supported it and believed in uh, making sure the taxpayer wasn't getting cheated out of, of money. Uh, in the great state of Wisconsin. Um, what are you doing now? Are you um, lobbying? Are you um, helping the next generation of candidates? Um, I work in a very unique role. The, the company that I work for and with um, lead is Truth in Energy and Climate. I work with the general public and I work with policymakers of various sorts, state and federal policymakers, staff, to help them to understand the right uh, way of looking at climate and the right way of looking at energy. Because uh, this climate, it really is a climate scam when, when you take a very complicated, complex, and I can, if we want to talk about it, we can, and blame all of the warming that the world has on a trace gas that, that makes the plants grow so much better. Uh, worldwide crop harvests are way up and blame it all on CO2 and then use that. And it's really using that and the, the fakeness of that to control people yeah. and to do all kinds of various things. And it's a, it's ushering, it's anti-capitalism. It's anti-us, regular American citizens and European citizens. And there's a whole bunch of bad things that go along with that. And it really makes regular, uh, makes the billionaires more wealthy 
and it helps the communist Chinese yeah. at our expense. And Senator, what's with the push of not using was it gas on gas stoves? I mean, how asinine of, of a thought is, is is that where they want to outlaw out excuse me outlaw gas stoves? It, it's absolutely there. There is zero connection. And they brought up a fake study, and they do this all the time. There, there's literally hundreds of billions of dollars they spend getting people to say fake things for money, and they get paid. And if you don't tell the narrative, if you're a scientist or you're somebody who don't tell the narrative, you lose your job. Uh, if they can't fire you, you, you will lose your promotions. But this has happened across, across the whole spectrum. Natural gas. Natural gas is extremely clean, and burning it in your home for your home heating and for your for your stove, which is preferred by a lot of people. We have natural gas. I've had both. I've had electric, I've had induction, and I've had gas, natural gas. I prefer natural gas a lot. It burns very, very clear, cleanly. It is CH4, carbon, four hydrogens, and that's it. And they put a little bit of stuff in there so we can smell it. Otherwise, it's odorless. And they yeah. put it in there in case it leaks because that could be dangerous. Yeah. And then to claim that this is causing asthma, claim that it's causing um pollution inside of a home and in fact when you cook something and we've all done it you cook something and you cook bacon that the heating the bacon the grease burning or the grease just heating up releases more things in the atmosphere of your home and you can smell it that's what you smell than the natural gas that you burn i mean it's crazy stuff that they're doing it's all about ideology and controlling people because if we're all forced 100 percent on electricity then they can shut it off when they want to anytime yep Anytime. And they want to put smart meters in there so they can do it. Just target you and target me. That's already here in Illinois. We've already had that here in Illinois. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't get those smart meters if I were you, if you could avoid them. Senator, this is Dennis Rebelletti, and I uh, served in the Illinois General Assembly. So I used to always tell the freshman uh, reps that always follow the money. So, uh, you know, the agenda is always follow where somebody we pick winners and losers every day. So, um, I, obviously, I think you you see that it, with the um, with the environmental stuff. And uh, first, I, I think it's important for the for the listeners to know where your district was, so they have a, a general idea of, of where your beliefs come from. Yeah, uh, that's great, Dennis. Thanks. That's a good idea. A little bit about Frank. Frank say I served in the Assembly and the Senate of Wisconsin for almost twenty years. Then I served in Governor Walker's administration as the administrator for workers' comp. That insurance was one of my areas of expertise. I represented the district from the, the tip of Door County, where I'm sure many, many folks have vacationed at, tip of Door County down to Manitowoc, and then over to Green Bay. I didn't have any of the city of Green Bay, but I pretty much had Green Bay and part of Appleton to the lake. So that kind of the thumb of Wisconsin was my district. Um, I, I served more than 20 years in the legislature, really loved it. I was a fiscal conservative, still am. I mean, but we should get the, the government should work for us, but we should get the most bang for our buck. And we have to live within our means. The states all have to live within their means. They can't just make up money and print money. And that may be coming to an end in the national, international stage um, because the, the, the federal government, now we're $31 trillion in debt. Um, you know, and personally, I thought we were going to hit a wall when we got to $20 trillion in debt. And obviously that hasn't happened. So, uh, you know, people in Washington think they can spend, spend, spend. But I always dug into the really important issues of the day. And um, I, my wife and I, we have seven kids together. We each brought three daughters to our marriage, kind of like the Brady Bunch with no boys. And we have a, <laughs> a son who's in fourth grade. So we, we really, I care deeply. We care deeply about the future. Now we have our first grandchild and one on the way. She's a year and a half, and she's this beautiful little girl who lives in Madison, Wisconsin. And, you know, 
the, the future is really bright if we don't let these leftists screw it all up. And they're really working well, hard at screwing it all up. And we just, you know, talked about the natural gas is just one aspect of the many things they're trying to, to screw up our prosperity. Senator, to that end, if I, if I may, um, I have a place up in Milton, Wisconsin, on Lake Koshkanag. So I like to follow the, the local politics up there. Um, and obviously we get our TV and from Madison, and Madison is about as left as left can be. Um, how did the governor uh, win re-election up there, and then Senator Ron Johnson win re-election, when those are probably some of the two most divergent uh, folks you'd ever meet? Well, as you know, Dennis, and, and some folks out there might understand, is in competitive districts in Wisconsin is very purple, very, very competitive at the state level. Um, you know, we have big pockets of very Democrat areas in the major cities and very, you know, they aren't, they aren't like the cities that are 70 or 80 or Madison. Some of the areas of Madison are 90 percent Democrat. Um, I used to have friends down there who conserve them. Like, I can't even speak because, you know, everybody I know. And I'm like, I didn't believe them. And then I looked. And then we have rural areas that are like 65 percent more conservative. So, you know, you still got some crazy lefties who live in the, in the wilderness. Um, we don't really. Yeah not that much wilderness, but we have a 50-50 state. And in 50-50 districts and states, you have to win enough votes out of the middle in order to get you to 51% or one more than the other guy. And Ron Johnson, I think, did a really good job and also pointing out, and Mandela Barnes said all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. He, you know, he wore his crazy leftiness out in public. And Ron Johnson was able to point that out to enough voters for them to understand that. And they stuck with him. And I think also Wisconsin has a long history of liking really honest people, whether they're of the left or of the right, who really try to do something. And Ron Johnson is definitely of the right, but I think he's very honest and he's really tried to do things, expose and shine the light on on some of the bad stuff that's gone on with COVID. He's right on the climate issue. He understands that. He understands the electric grid and the, the vulnerabilities there. So he's trying to do right by all of us. So I think that comes through. And he was up against someone that, that said a whole bunch of stuff. Now, you know, our, our governor, Tony Evers, is a lot more like Joe Biden, who campaigned from his basement, didn't go out in public much, hardly says anything. It's like campaigning against Mr. Rogers. And Tim Michaels is very wealthy, has done well. His company has grown, serves a lot of people, you know, puts a lot of people to work in Wisconsin across the country. But he didn't do a good job, in my opinion, in his campaign of tying Tony Roberts, uh, Tony Evers to the same things that Mandela Barnes was doing, because they really were the same. It's just that he wasn't so outspoken and didn't say some of the crazy things. But the policy of letting people out of prison early, letting murderers and other bad people out and having them commit crimes again, I don't think the Michaels campaign did a good job of, of hanging that around Tony Evers' neck. Yeah. Hey, um, Senator, uh, you know, I, I've really been looking for somebody to, 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 to be a voice for me up in Wisconsin. I'd love to bring you back on. Um, if anything happens in Wisconsin, I'll give you a call and, and, and you give us an update as far as anything that happened in Wisconsin. Is that okay with you? Oh, yeah. Happy okay. to do it. Um, to do. Senator Frank Glassie. Thanks so much for joining us on Black and Right. We got to go. We got up against a hard break, but I really appreciate your analysis and your your time with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Feel Thank you so much. Yes, sir. We'll do. All right. You listen in to Black and Right. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty Theater. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM five sixty Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker, Verlon Galloway, and Dennis Rebelletti, Esquire. 
Will you, would you consider you an Esquire? Esquire. <laughs> I don't think people say that too much <laughs> anymore. Wait, what was that movie uh, with Denzel Washington uh, when he played the attorney? You remember? Um, Roman, Ro- Roman, Roman something. I've, I've looked it up. Um, but, um, prosecutor, what happened to DuPage County? You know, that's, that, that's an interesting thing, John. Yeah. Um, and the, the dynamics of the board have changed. Uh, the many of the Democrats that are on the board are far left progressives. Mm-hmm. You have Deb Conroy, who I would say is left of center. She's not, she's not crazy. She's yeah. not, um, a socialist. No. Um, but I, I, I think you have a, a transition, and it's unique because you still have some Republicans in higher elected office. And, and what I see is a bunch of Democrats that have got to the top, and I don't know if, if they're ready to govern, if they're prepared to govern. Um, there is a battle between the, the Democrat, hard, it's hard to say this, the Democratic-controlled board of DuPage County, and the Republican sheriff. And to that end, it looks like um, Chairman Conroy wants to bring a censure measure against Sheriff Mendrick for his stance against the um, assault weapons ban. So, I, I, you know, I hope that they don't bring it. I think that it's something that needs to be litigated in the courts. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of other problems that face the second largest county. Um but I hope they don't they don't try to move for the censure. Um, as you and I have talked about here, mm-hmm. John, and with Verlon, is you, you when other law enforcement folks didn't enforce things, nobody ran up and said, hey, Sheriff Dart, serve those eviction notices. Correct. Hey, Lisa Madigan, we need you to, to prosecute the case that says um, gay marriage is unconstitutional and not do it. Anita Alvarez, the same thing. So it's interesting. I found it very interesting that the Democrats all targeted the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, you had congressmen, state Especially reps. Especially Kasten. especially. Um, you had all these congressmen step up. You had all these state reps and senators who are there because of gerrymandering step up. You have the county board stepping up. And you would think that that's the most important issue facing uh, DuPage County, but it's not. There's yeah. a lot of other things that need to be addressed. So I hope that... that uh, some type of pragmatic approach will move the county forward. But there's one other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, my father was a Democrat when he moved out to a union member. I know that's bad to some Republicans, but I grew up in a union household. And I support private sector unions. Um, when there were big races back in the 80s, my father switched over in a county chairman race. And he never changed back because the play... Just like it is in Chicago now, is if Republicans are going to vote, you want to be involved, right? You want your vote to count. I think it's getting to the point now where you're starting to lose independents. You're starting to lose some Republicans that are now saying the only way my vote will matter is which Democrat represents us. Wow. So I think we might have come full circle from when my father changed 40-plus years ago, and I think you may see some of that. And also to those who don't think that we aren't conservative enough, my numbers— and other people's numbers, including Greg Hart and others, so you could say you can decide what spectrum he is or other elected officials, all ran better than Darren Bailey. Yeah, Darren Bailey was a drag on the ticket. You can say what you want about Darren. You love him. You hate him. But DuPage County is different. Well, Don Tracy just said this pretty much the same thing, and I, and you saw Darren Bailey 
call for Don Tracy to step down. All right, so if he steps down, then what happens? Yeah. I want to know because I, I see a bunch of conservative folks that post things, that talk about things. What is the answer? Who is the who is this unicorn that we're going to put up there to lead us and fundraise? So if you're losing DuPage County, you can never get the state of Illinois back no. on the Republican side. So that's where you have to start. That's where you have to focus. And unlike others who think that Republicans like myself don't pay attention to local races, we're involved. We want to make sure that we get a Republicans elected at the local level. Yeah, did we create? Did they create a star? Did they raise up a star in Mendrix with this attack on him, though? I think this this goes both ways because now you have Second Amendment folks on both sides of the aisle that are like, "Hey, how are you going to come to my house? Are you going to knock on the door to come and see if my firearm is registered?" And I and I think that that's may have opened the door for people to step up. But if when people stay home or they've switched parties, you are giving the other side a vote. All right. Now, all the second part that you said, I totally agree with. But the first part that you said when it came to Tom Dart uh, not evicting people and you don't see the Democrats you know, talking about censoring him or whatever you do to a sheriff, well, guess what? The Democrats play the moral card. It's not moral to evict people and put them on the street. Then when you talk about illegal aliens, wherever they at in Democrat cities, it's not moral to send them back to a war-torn country. And you was making some other point. I can't remember. But it's, they play the moral card. They play on the heartstrings. So, of they course, they're never going to step up and say, Tom Dart, you're doing wrong. Enforce the law. That's not a law they're willing to enforce. I agree with you, Berlin. It Democrats understand the emotion of things. Republicans do not. Right. It doesn't matter if you're right and the policy is correct. Right. If you can't get 50 plus one to agree with you. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? I thought the most important thing was abortion, John. That's yeah. all we talked about in my election. That's yeah. all we talked about statewide. It's still got to be the most important thing ever. Right. Yeah. yeah. So why aren't we talking about it? Yeah. It's over. They, they, all the elections over. They right. took right the elections over and they took it as far as they could take it. Now you got to fight the fight in, in each individual state. And I want to say something. Tony, please call back because I need a good debate. Uh-oh. Since you want to dispute me. <laughs> so, okay, I need to throw that out there. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Kelvin, my buddy from Springfield. Welcome back. Hey, how you doing, I'm man? doing well, What's brother. up, Kelvin? Hey, how you doing, Vernon? Hey, a couple quick comments. Uh, first, uh, police thing for a second. I think that <clears throat> I served up here as the chair of the Springfield Police Review Board. Yeah. And what I find is, you know, people were asking earlier about the indignation. And there's indignation when it's a black, but when it's shot, there's no indignation. And then mm-hmm. they say, where's the indignation in the black neighborhood? I'm asking, you know, I've got two quick comments, and I'll get out you guys' this way. Where's our republic? Okay. Where is the point where people are getting represented? If you go to statistica.com, you're going to find from 2017 all the way clear to 2022, there was more whites killed by police of course, than black. Of course. More whites. That was, those are the numbers. And if we're going to have an indignation, we should have a mutual indignation for any loss that's lies by police brutality anywhere. Hey, hey Kevin, so, Kevin, let I, me stop you real quick. Let me stop you real quick. We were having that conversation during the break, and that's exactly what Reveletti and I were saying. And what did you say, Vila? Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> but I didn't get a chance to respond. Okay. There was one break. You did. I, okay, well, I don't remember what I said to you all. But look, Calvin. Kelvin. If you were, Kelvin, if you were talking to any other black person other than me and John, you know what they're going to use? The back capita 
argument. Yeah, it's more white people in this country. It's, it's like they, they four times our number. So they don't mean as much. They don't say they don't mean as much, but it means they don't mean as much when they use the back capital argument. So as far if you're talking to 94% of black people, they're going to say black lives matter. Our life matters more because if we lose a black life, it's a bigger loss. That's the argument that I always run up against. Back capita, of course more white men or white people are going to die because there's more of them than us. That's the I, argument. I, I, I get that argument. And the point I make, as a person that went into the fire, I grew myself as a very, first of all, I'm a gentleman, scholar, and an academic. And I can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> oh, there it is. He's not a one-trick pony That's, either. Okay. Right. So... I went in, when I walked in, I was like, okay, if the police are wrong in a situation, yeah, let's get at him. Let's get him. But if the community is wrong in a situation, I'm going to get at them too. I call balls and strikes. Come on. I got attacked, right? Okay, I got attacked. Oh, okay, now I'm a Tom, I'm a coon, I'm a sellout. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm neither of those things. I'm looking at the facts and the data, okay? Second thing we got to realize is that uh, I just heard he said, uh, the prosecutor said that Daly was a strain on the ticket. I'm kind of pivoting here because I don't want to take too much of your guys' time. Is that how do the Republicans react when the guy you put up got mocked by 43 points in the primary? Uh oh. Bailey got 1.7 million votes. Okay? And the strain on the ticket? No, the structure is the strain on the ticket. Because we have gotten so far, we got into this, okay, you got to raise money, right, to represent people yes. that you don't talk to, yes. okay? But the republic is gone. Yeah. And my last- Hey, hey, hey Kelvin, hold the line. I, I want to continue this conversation. Hold the line. Hold the line, Kelvin, because Vilan and I think the, 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 the prosecutor wants to make a response to that. But what we talked about today, balls and strikes. Wasn't that our conversation this, earlier this morning, Reveletti? That was our conversation. You're listening to Black and Right. Uh, Tony, please call back. And uh, per capita, we'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right. Where the by capita is everything here. Hey, I'm supposed to say a per capita, but black people know what I'm saying. By capita. By person. I got you. Kelvin knew what I was talking about. That's ebonics for real. Yeah, I can rock. I can rock. I'm chewing gun. I can rock with you. Kelvin, you, you can, I don't know if you're watching the feed, man, but I was over here in stitches laughing, man. I, 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 I'm so glad that break happened. <laughs> uh, but, 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 Kelvin, you made a point. Uh, about Bailey and, and Irvin, uh, what's that? Can you can you just so that those who just came in, um, yeah, can you reiterate what you were saying? Yeah, I was saying to the people who said Bailey was a strain on the party. How can you say that when the guy you put up got mopped in the primary by forty three points? Okay, he finished third. Sullivan beat him, and then Bailey got one point seven million votes in Springfield. I mean in in the uh, the governor race, yeah, one point seven million. Now to have Republicans say, "Oh, we need to raise more money," he was a strain on the pot. What are you talking about? That if that's not out of touch, I don't know what is. All right, that guy let, let, uh, who wants to take that. Let Dennis, oh, Dennis, take that. Dennis, okay. that, was, that was directed at Dennis. It, so I, I don't. Maybe I am out of touch. Maybe I've become the dinosaur I used to complain about with my uh, with the folks that brought me up through the uh, through the years. But Darren Bailey underperformed in DuPage County. 
I saw polling a couple weeks ago where Republicans crossed over and actually voted for J.B. Pritzker. So, one, Darren Bailey's funding dropped off significantly when it went in the general election. You know why? Because J.B. Pritzker stopped funding him. So you have $40 million spent by Uline. You have $40 million spent by Pritzker. Irvin got overrun. That campaign was not run perfectly. It, it absolutely was not. Uh, and Jesse Sullivan, nobody nobody worked around with him either. So there were a lot of people who were starting to pick Jesse Sullivan saying, I don't think Richard could win. But to think that Darren Bailey was going to become up here, I, I worked with Darren. I met him in Elmhurst, uh, where I'm from. We went out with him. But where was the money? As soon as da- Darren Bailey won, all the money dropped off. Remember that, John? Yeah, all I of a sudden, where was all the TV commercials? Where was all the support that he had previously? All of a sudden, there was... Problems yep. with his campaign manager. There was internal yep. Yep. fighting with some of his advisors. Me, then he's me, off me, the me, air. So if I'm out of touch, help me out. But you, yeah. Bruce Rauner yeah. won DuPage County by about 15 or 20 points, and Darren Bailey lost it by double digits. Help okay. me help you with that then. I'm just okay. trying to figure out exactly how we do that. Let's, let's, let's back up. Let's look at the tape. Let's look at the media because it's out there. Irvin got Prisker money too. Look it up. Two, when Urban lost the primary, instead of saying, you know what? We fought the good fault. We ran a great race. Let me lend the support to the guy that beat me. He didn't say that. Yeah. He says, Brisker funded the guy that he thinks he could beat. Now, that wasn't Darren Bailey standing next to Brisker in an I can't breathe shirt. That was Irving. That wasn't Darren Bailey. Now, I don't know what's happening in the page, but my simple point is this, and I'll stop, because we probably won't agree on this. If Irving would have just showed a little bit of decorum, okay? Now, you finish third. Pass that support to Bailey. We're looking at a Republican. Even Sullivan. Pass that support to Bailey. You lost, man. And matter of fact, I got the numbers on top of it. I think Bailey had, uh, Bailey had something like 598,000 votes. Sullivan had 173,000, and Irvin had 125,000 votes. Now, you took my tax money and the money that I go to the RNC, uh, the Republican Party, and you put it on a guy that got mopped by 43 points. So maybe you should call some people like me in Springfield or call some people who saw Bailey out here before the campaign suing and stopping lockdowns. The dude downstate game was the bomb. And how do you explain one, even though the money dried up, how do you explain 1.7 million votes? Okay, now, now listen. Now listen to me for a second. Now your numbers is almost like my numbers from a couple of weeks ago. I said it's 12.4, 12.5 million people that live in Illinois. 4 million people came out to vote. You said 1.7 million for Darren Bailey. Okay, that's about what I said. 2.4, for Pritchard. My issue wasn't with the candidates, none of the Republican candidates. My issue is with the people. That means 8.5 million people didn't come out and vote, and that's the reason why I've been torturing the listeners and everybody that will listen for the last past two and a half months since the election because you didn't get up off your butt and vote. So if none of the stuff that Dan and Amy and whoever else talked about got you up off your butt and voted shots for jobs and masking your kids and locking your business down, ruining your businesses, ruining your wait, marriages. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. And don't forget this. 
Now coming for your guns. Now, all this is done. now coming for your guns, which they said they was going to do. If that don't get you up off the couch and vote, maybe maybe me upsetting you about race is going to get you up off the couch well, and vote next time. See, my problem me, was me, with the people, not the candidate. Right, really quickly. We, we got to go to break. Go ahead, um, Kelvin. Okay. Okay, real quick. Before you can even talk about the Democrat, you got to back up to the Republicans. Okay? Republicans make it impossible for grassroots people like myself or Winston Turner or Herman Senor or great black candidates to get in there because all you got to do is give us the mic. We can hold our own. Yeah. Okay. But when you cannot find a way through your own party to represent your values, start with that problem and before you even talk about the Democrat. All right. Thanks so much for calling us, Kelvin. All right. Hey, uh, appreciate it. Great show as always. Uh, uh, take really it easy, appreciate man. Appreciate it, Kelvin. Uh, you're listening to Black and Right. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Trevor Mickey, you wanted to, you wanted to make yeah, a point? I got to straighten something out. Go ahead. Because I heard this uh, comment about Rauner. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how Rauner mm-hmm. won. He didn't go about it like Darren Bailey. He didn't do. He didn't go about it like JB because JB he doesn't have to. You know he has to. an automatic lock when it comes to these uh, minority communities. But Rauner went into the black community, something that nobody wants to acknowledge for two years straight. Not for three months, not for three weeks before the election. He went in there for two years. He went to the churches, but people think it stops at the churches. He went to the black barbershops beauty shops this man was smart enough to look up black events in bronzeville everywhere where the well-to-do blacks are and he spoke and he dealt with black people and you know what that ended up for him 20 percent of the black vote you cannot win in illinois without the black vote get it through your head get your get your heads out of the sand stop being ostriches and stop being turtles Stop living in your safe spaces. You have to get out there and engage, and engage with black folks and Latinos. Like I've been saying since the election, since we lost the election, Rounder knew how to do that, but nobody wants to acknowledge that. So keep losing. Yeah, keep I, losing. Yeah, but but Valon, when you look at the numbers, I, I would I think we would have a better chance of winning over more of the independents than we would of the black people in in this state. I'm, that's just. The facts. John, we lost the independence last yeah, cycle. I know. Why was that? I know. That's a good question. That's the real question. How you know, did he do it? He did it like I said. Well, Rounder passed out a lot of money. And he too. won. You can he say did, he donated a lot to the foundations yeah. and to Guess the what? churches. Yeah. That's that's how you bread the butter here in, in, in Chicago. <laughs> Willie Wilson. Or County. you butter the bread either butter. way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you guys know, um, just, let's, let's shift real quick because I, I, I wanted someone to call in uh, who was at the RNC meeting. Uh, it was in California, correct? California, the RNC meeting. Uh, you, do you know that, Revelity? If it was an RNC, okay, well, no matter, doesn't matter. Oh yeah, it was out in it was uh, an R- LA. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. And I, I wanted to get a perspective from somebody who really wasn't involved in politics until the shutdown and everything that happened. Uh, and I, I, we, I called and asked Kyle uh, Riley, excuse me, Riley Craig, to call into the show to discuss her time out in California with the RNC. Because I, I I really believe she saw the Republican Party from a different perspective. Riley, welcome back to Black and Right. Hi, how are you? I'm Thank doing you well. For having me. And 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 I should say, 
Riley has her own product line. Um, should I say it the way, or should I put the <laughs> F you? <laughs> future you. Future you. <laughs> uh, but it's, but if you see the, the design, it says F you. Um, but um, Riley, I mean, what was that experience like out there in, in, in San Francisco? I mean, you know, California. I mean, it was cool. It was, <laughs> it was a lot to take in. I, I guess I wasn't expecting everything that like went into it. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely, you know, obviously I got to meet really cool people and, you know, some, I met some press, um, you know, even from New York times and then, uh, war room, I met a girl last night and we all had dinner together, but, you know, I got to actually like hang out with, some of the people, I guess I never um, would have thought that I would have met these people. Yeah. And they were, I mean, they were down to earth people. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just a overall really cool experience. I yeah. kept saying this is like a, a lifetime opportunity. And, and Riley, talk to the people because I don't think um, a lot of people remember, but somebody last night remembered who you were. And you, you talked about how impressed you were that somebody remembered um, how your business was 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 going to be shut down. Uh, talk to, talk to us. We got about three minutes. Talk to us about that story. Oh yeah. So I met a lady. We were um, at the Waldorf, and she was local. She was from the Laguna area, and I just wanted to sit next to her at the bar. And she, you know, had told me, "Oh my gosh, I know you." She's like, "I saw you on Fox News with Neil Cavuto. You shut your salon down." Um, and you stayed open. And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh. And so, you know, we talked for quite a while. And, you know, back during COVID in 2020, I did fight. I fought and I caught I kept my salon open. Um, and so we, you know, I, it was a really great experience. I never got any, you know, lashback from anybody in my community officers or our um, mayor or anybody like that in Springfield. Um, but I did get picked up by, you know, Neil Cavuto on Fox news and I was in the Chicago Tribune. Um, so I felt like my voice is being heard and honestly, sometimes I forget about it. And so it's kind of <laughs> cool. Like this lady, she even texted me last night and she was like, I'm still so starstruck. Thank you so wow. much for your bravery and courage. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where's that hillbilly at? I know he's there. I know he's listening. <laughs> he, he, Actually, we're making um, chicken pot pie right now. Ooh, nice! And so he's in there doing a few things for me. <laughs> and you know, we get, we got to go to break. We got only got about a minute. But um, what, what was your experience like hanging out with Richard Porter? Uh, I think Rich gets a, a bad rap sometimes. Uh, I really, really, really love Richard Porter. What was your experience like with him? I love Richard. I've hung out with him several times. He's taken me, you know, to Cubs games and events and stuff. And I think he's a fabulous human he's very humble um i think he has a heart of gold and like you said he does get a bad rep and i don't understand why because every time i've spent with him he's and you know i experienced him out there being around all of these people who are grassroots and part also like the establishment people right and they look up to him yeah um, I, hold, hold the line because I, I want to continue this conversation after the break. We're, we're talking with uh, salon owner Riley Craig, who's also have a product line called Future You. Uh, you're listening to Black and White Radio on AM560 The Answer. We'll be right back. We 
And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Not the song. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. Before the break, we were talking to salon owner and product. Oh, I mean, she created her own product called Future You. Go, Riley. Uh, Riley Craig. <laughs> Riley, where can people find your product? On my website, www.futureyou.co. And then also on Instagram at Future You Babe. Yeah, well, thank you. Now, Riley, you, 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 you've seen the, the fight between uh, the so-called establishment and uh, the so-called grassroots. Um, you've seen it and heard it from both sides of the uh, of the aisle, and you, you, you're really not a political animal like we are. Um, what, what, is, what has been the most disappointing part of that fight for you? Oh, gosh. Uh, just honestly, I would say hearing the voices of what other people think about people in the establishment or the grassroots, the back and forth, the negativity of just bringing everyone down, I think is like why a lot of people don't really like to get into politics, especially the younger generation. Um, But I think that if we can like really set the tone and change that, I think it could be different. I think people just need to get over and stop trying to divide the people and the party because I think that's really what's happening. How do you motivate people if not, if not playing politics the way the left and the right does? Otherwise, people, like I tried to explain earlier, eight, roughly eight million people didn't get off their butt and vote. If one million people, just one out of eight would have came out and voted, we would have a new governor and lieutenant governor. So how do you motivate people? Yeah, I mean, in my hair salon, I we talk about this 24-7. Um, I've even had so many clients that sit there and tell me that, you know, they, you know, they don't have, they're not, they're not re- voted or, you know, they're not registered to vote or they're registered in Florida, but they're living here because their husband's business is here. And so I try to have that talk and, you know, give them courage. And I think that's the biggest thing that the people need is to be brave and have courage and, I, you know, I motivate them by telling them, you know, as your children, you were, you were a parent or you were a friend or whatever that was mad because your child or your niece or a nephew was wearing a mask in school and you saw your business shut down. Why aren't you wanting to make change? And so I think that COVID happened, people forgot about it and people moved on. And I think that's the part of the problem. Riley, this is Dennis Rebeletti. A minute. Quick thought here. I, mm-hmm. I have talked to John and Verlana offline here, but I want to put it out there to conservative voices, to the grassroots voices, to the rhinos, to the establishments, to the average Republican or people who think that they're Republican or, or want to be Republican. I'd like to put a summit together where people can get together and have these conversations because what I hear is not about bringing people together and putting 50 plus one. What I hear is the Republican Party is is this or that. So. Would you be somebody who'd be interested in doing that as somebody who's a younger person, as a business owner? Would you want to be part of something like that? Yeah, I would love to. And I would love to bring the younger generation into our party and educate them more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, 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 Riley, give, give the website one more time. We got to go um, end of the show. But I really appreciate you coming on. 
Thank you so much for having me. My website is www.futureyoubabe.co. You get 10% off your first order with U10, Y-O-U-10. Well, thank you so much for calling us, um, Riley. I really appreciate you. Yes, thank you so much. Have Take a beautiful care. night. You too. No. Uh, I want to thank um, Frank Lassie for joining the show, Alex, Dennis, Villan. Uh I got to go get a car, guys. I don't know where to buy it. And I need help. Come to Elmhurst. We got a lot of car deals. You got friends? You got friends that got car car dealerships? Got a lot of friends. (laughs) I I know you got a lot of friends. DJ Pete, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, please download the podcast uh, at 560answer.com. I really appreciate you guys coming. It was a very contentious, very hard conversation, but I I think we got through it. Uh, I want to thank my YouTube, Rumble Crowd, Facebook. I want to thank you guys always for listening to Black and White Radio on AM560 Answer. Um, As I said, I want this year to be a heck of a year. I want to bring on people who disagree with us to Dennis's point. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.